promises to to win votes of, uh, of an election and, and if a person is to somehow win their race so to speak it is understood that they have been given a mandate from the people that voted for them to fulfill all the promises that they made during their campaign we voted for you so now you have a mandate to follow through with your work. In 1922, the League of Nations trusted Great Britain to set up the mandate for Palestine, recognizing and acknowledging the, the historical connection between the Jewish people and the land. And although it was difficult for the mandatory government uh, to maintain the letter and the spirit of the mandate due to obvious opposition, the chain of events ultimately led to the declaration of the State of Israel, May 14, 1948. See, I know this situation may be sensitive to some, as it's not my intention to, to be offensive, as I understand that there is still unrest in this part of the world. But, but I'm simply highlighting that the power of a mandate, and that whether or not we agree with it, it is able to change the course of events. A mandate is a mandate whether we agree with it or not. It is a commission and an order to perform whatever it is we are asked to do. Amen? Yeah. Matthew 28 and 19 says, Go therefore, Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, which we know today to be in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. We know that we, we need to share this truth. We need to share the plan of salvation. I said before that God has opened up the door for, for Grace Point to have its own building. But there is a purpose to that. There's a reason to that blessing. So that you can be a lighthouse to the city of Gold Coast, amen. Preaching the word of God. Preaching it with conviction. Preaching the truth. We must preach repentance, amen. The turning away from your own life. Focusing your attention on Jesus Christ. When we repent, we die to our old self. Amen? Amen. We must preach the need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and the washing away of your sins. When we are baptized, we are buried with Christ. Amen? We need to preach repentance. We need to preach baptism in Jesus' name. And we must always preach and walk in the power of God. Amen. Amen. Like Pastor Jacob said this morning, and I believe with all my heart, if you need the Holy Ghost this morning, if someone needs a touch from God and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire, if you would just step out in faith, Amen. Mm-hmm. God will fill you with His Spirit. And He's going to fill you with His Spirit. And He will give you the yeah. power to overcome. Yeah.
and we're full of overcomers this morning. Yes, sir. We must always preach and walk in the power of God. You can receive the same resurrection power this morning that the apostles walked in in the first century church. Amen? Amen. But, there's always a but. But let me tell you that the Great Commission doesn't just stop there. There is more to mankind's mandate. Because in verse 20, it says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and learn I'm with you always, even to the end of age. Amen. This means that after they've repented, this means that after they've been baptized in the name of Jesus, this means that after they've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that they've got to observe all things. How do they observe all things? By watching how you do it. Watching how I do it. They watch how you worship. How do they learn how to pray? By watching you pray. How do they learn how to worship? By watching you worship. We must model what it is to live for God. And I might, forgive me if I reiterate a lot of things that I shared yesterday in the, in the teaching about discipleship, but it is not enough just to preach Acts 2 30. It is not enough just to preach repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But it's another thing to model what it's like to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. What it's like to pray. What it's like to worship. What it's like to read the Word and study the Word of God and live for God. Amen. I shared this to the young people last night. The importance of influence. If we've got to, if we want to influence people, you know, we've got to model the way we desire them to change. This is also part of our mandate. Amen. See, so we are called to bear fruit. We go back to the story in this uh, account of, of this experience. For many years, I just thought, oh, it's like, I felt like that was a very reaction. You know, we're very fortunate we can just go to another fruit shop here in Golcos is called good fruit shops. And, but, Jesus, wasn't there another tree or Another fruit. This this story, especially in my early days, puzzled me. You know, and, and it was a little confusing. But we we are called to bear fruit. We are called to bear fruit. And oftentimes, when we preach from the scripture, we usually refer to the fruit as the fruit of the spirit and this way. You know, all the things that you know, good Christians should be doing. When we're in church, but also when you're at home by yourselves. But the importance of this fruit, or the reason why fruit is produced within itself, has everything that is needed to reproduce itself. See, could it be that, that Jesus is not just frustrated that, that it's not producing fruit, but that it's not producing what it needs to reproduce? It looked the path, but was not actually fulfilling its purpose. Amen. Amen. 
is not actually fulfilling the reason why it was created. That fig tree is created simply to produce fruit. And that fruit reproduces itself. But what good is it if it just looks apart? Amen. The story I read about some Christians who lived in West Bay and some missionary friends bought a German toaster. When they got home, they plugged it in, placed some bread in it, and then waited for the toast to pop up a few minutes later. Well, the toast never did pop up from it because it didn't work. It just sat there, all nice and shiny. Oh, it was really pretty, matching the decor of the kitchen. It had a brand new look about it, but it just wouldn't toast the bread. They packaged it back up, they took it back, but since they couldn't find the receipt, the German store wouldn't exchange it. So they were stuck with it. So they brought it back home and tried to figure out what they could do with it. They asked the question, what good is a toaster if it doesn't toast? Absolutely nothing. It's too big to be a paperweight. It's too ugly for a doorstop. And it would rust if you put it out as a raw ornament. So they just ended up throwing it in the trash, buying a new one that worked. It was useless. Because it didn't fulfill the purpose for which it was made. Amen. You and I, hopefully the new building, I don't have to walk as far to get down to the home. But you and I are created with a purpose. And because that victory wasn't fulfilling its purpose and reproducing itself, Jesus cursed it. And that's why I made that disclaimer. Everything in Christian is one It's true love. I'm not saying you're going to be cursed. But Jesus means this seriously. Amen. Jesus has designed the church. We pray, and, and, and the worship service is awesome. And I, there was, a, there was a, uh, a moment there when we kept repeating the word revival. 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 Amen. Revival is only going to come when we start reproducing ourselves. Amen. And that's through the process of discipleship. Amen. 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 We need to reproduce ourselves. We need to model what it looks like to live for Jesus Christ. A reporter, a news anchor by the name of, of Dan Father, he, he would write a note, three, a note on uh, the same note on three pieces of paper. And he would put one in his pocket, he would put one in his wallet, and he would put one in his top pocket in his shirt. And before every broadcast. And on that piece of paper he would write, what am I doing to help the broadcast? And in some way we could do that ourselves, our mindset. Every day when we wake up, what am I doing for the mandate? What am I doing for the commission? What am I doing for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen? Am I, is what I'm doing each and every day playing a part in reproducing a disciple for Jesus Christ? Amen? Who wants to see people come and say who wants to see people stay? That will only happen when you invest in them and when you're reproducing and spending time with them. Amen? Yeah.
want to encourage someone, if you are filled with the Spirit of God, if you have the revelation of God's Word, you and I have the tools to help people out of there right this morning. Amen. Is everyone excited? Is everyone thankful that they are used by Almighty God to save this, uh, this lost and dying world? Amen. Amen. I thank God for those that have prayed for me. I thank God for your pastor, sister, and people that have been a source of encouragement for myself. I am a product of these people who have the tools to help and who offer to help. Amen? You and I have the tools this morning to help those that are hungry, those that are in need, those that may not even know what they are seeking, but it's not until we share to them the gospel of Jesus Christ that they realize all along that this is what they've been longing for. Amen. Amen. Our fruit is meant to reach out to those that are hungry. We have the tools, brothers and sisters. We have the truth. We have the power of God. Amen. That's why I said earlier, it's one thing to be in the house of God, but thank God we feel His presence. Thank God that we walk in the power of God. Thank God we know the truth of His Word. Amen. We are called to reach out to those that are hungry. And we are called to encourage one another in the body. This is actually a mandate, also a mandate that we walk in unity. Amen. It's, it's awesome to see that every time I visit church is gone. Church is gone. Church is gone. It's even more encouraging that people are in the church and want to see the church. They're not content, you know, with just the mundane and the normal, you know. If we are walking according to God's word and according to his purpose, he will add to his kingdom. Amen. Amen. But we also have a mandate to one another. I was reading about this new discovery, not new, it's about 20 years old, but it's just come to light recently. I thought it was just phenomenal, God's creation. But researchers over the last two decades have recently discovered that trees communicate with each other through its wind system. Back in uh, 1997, Suzanne Simmons of the University of British Columbia in Vancouver found one of the pieces of evidence. She she showed the Douglas fir and the paper birch trees can transfer carbon between them via mycelia, which is pretty much fungus. They've also found that plants can also exchange nitrogen and phosphorus through the same path. See, Sigmund has also discovered that when a mother tree is within range of its own siblings, they colonize colonize their king. With bigger microarousal networks, they send them more carbon through the ground, as opposed to if it was a, from another tree. They even changed their, their root composition to make quote-unquote over root for their kin. The studies also found that seedlings that are in the shade, which are likely to be short of food, also got more carbon from donor trees. So in case you're wondering, they used isotopes to track the movement of these elements between the trees. 
This scientist also has a, I highly recommend it, it's amazing because I know you're all super interested in biology. So, um, he also has his TED talk, which is, which is amazing. It just blows your mind at, at, at what God has created. See, Simmons' discovery also led to the discovery in 2010 by Ren Seng of South China Agricultural University. He found that when plants are attached by harmful fungi, they release the chemical signals into the mycelia that warn their neighbors. His team grew pairs of tomatoes in pots, and some of the plants were allowed to form uh, this fungi. Once the fungi networks had formed, the leaves of one plant in each pair were sprayed with a bacteria that causes early blight disease. Airtight plastic bags were used to prevent any above chemical signaling between the plants. After 65 hours, Zen tried to infect the second plant in each pair. He found that they were much likely, they were much less likely to get blight and had significantly lower levels of damage when they did they had mycelia. The first scripture that I read in, in Psalms chapter 1 says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the council of ungodly men, who walketh in the way of sinners, who sitteth in the city of sin. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law that he meditate day and night. And he shall be as a tree planted by rivers of living water. Amen? He bringeth forth fruit in his season, his leaf also does not wither, but whatever he shall do shall prosper. And every time I read this scripture, I picture a riverbank. And each and every one of us that are living for God, and that are meditating on His Word, are planted by this river. Amen? And after reading this, 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 this discovery, I thought it was cool that we don't only have a, a relationship with the river as a tree. As a tree planted on here, we will receive it. But we also have a relationship with each other. We have a responsibility to each other. And just as these trees communicate with each other, when one is sick, another one will send it nutrients. So to us as a body, yes, when our brothers and sisters Amen. are not doing well yeah. and struggling spiritually, we have a responsibility to send them encouragement, send them a word of testimony. Amen. When they're in need, we have a responsibility to each other. And when I reflect on that, on that study and I think about that, and I, and I think about this fig tree that wasn't producing fruit, where was the trees next to it? Where was the trees next to it? Why were they sending them messages? Why was it isolated by itself? But we have a responsibility to each other. Yeah. And once they come into the house of God, you're my brother. You're my sister. And I'll be with you all the way to the end. Amen. 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 What do we stand? Jesus. As I come to a close. Again, today's word, if I could provide position to Please. We have a responsibility to preach the word of God. Mankind's mandate. We have a responsibility to model what it's like to live for God. So that those that are coming to the church, 
they know how to live for God. I thank God for people like Pastor Jacob and Pastor Stan back in Peter West that have a very similar testimony to me coming out of the world of drugs and alcohol and doing all messed up kind of things. And, and I look at their lives and I think to myself, if God can do it for them, God can do it for me. I'm here to tell someone, if God can also do it for me, God can do it for you, amen. If you need a miracle this morning, if you need a touch from God, if you need His Spirit and the power of God operating in your life, God can fill you with His Spirit this morning. We have a mandate to reproduce, to disciple. We want revival. If God brought a hundred people tomorrow, do we have the capacity to disciple them all? If we want revival, we've got to prepare ourselves for it. Because souls, souls are important to God. They are precious to the Lord. God doesn't want souls to come into the house of God and give their life to God, but then we don't have what it takes to nurture them, to encourage them, to lead them along. But I just want to challenge someone this morning. God wants you and to use you for His kingdom. To reproduce yourself into someone else. He's given each and every one of us the tools to help those that are in need. He's given you a voice. He's given you a sound mind. He's given you a spirit. He's given you an eye power of God this morning. You've received power if you've received the Holy Ghost. But it's not to warm up you. But it's to be witnesses unto Him. We have tools. God's hand is upon this church. Evident is upon this church. But He hasn't given us all these things that we bought it to ourselves. Your pastor is one of my favorite preachers. And, 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 and as he said today, that he's knocked back a lot of invitations. Pastor Stan travels a lot. Pastor Stan travels a lot. Thank God, you know, we, have, we obviously have the leadership to handle that. But the way I look at it is that releasing him to be a blessing to other children as he needs to us. Now I don't want to support us stand to stay with us even though we love him everyone. But our ministry is a lot of do for God and it extends out his full world to that. So I want to encourage you if the pastor starts traveling more if you travel today just think to yourself Oh, he's been a blessing to us. We've got to share. Amen. We've got to share. But we also have a mandate to one another. You know, just as these, these trees, again, I'm always blown away by this. Just as these trees communicate within each other and help know that the other trees are in need and are sick and need nutrients, need strength. They send what is needed. 
Let us not judge our brother and condemn our brother. But when they are struggling, our brothers and our sisters, let us say to them what it is they need to sustain their work. I don't want to see anyone fall away. I shared this testimony last night. I'll share it again just shortly. 12th of December in the year 2000, I had a friend that came and picked me up. I was 17. I just turned 18 at the time. Two weeks before his 19th birthday. And, and I was not saved. I was running a mark. And he picked me up in his, in his brother's car. We drove around for the day. In the afternoon, he drove past a stolen car that the day had stolen the night before. And he, he showed me the car and he said, Look, this is what we got. I'm going to drop you home, come back, drop my brother's car off, and then pick up his stolen car and pick you up. He done that when he came back to pick me up. He was knocking at the front door. My, my room was at, at the far back. I didn't hear him. I had another friend that was. Friend's older brother that was walking past, and he asked him, Have you seen Sam? He said, No, I haven't seen him. He jumped into his car, he drove 30 meters, turned the corner, police saw him, chased him. About three kilometers down the, the highway, another car kicked him, car flipped, and it blew up. And he died. Sometimes it's past and you serve the Lord for some time and, and 